Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode two of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, media trainer and editor of veganbusinessmedia.com, the multimedia blog providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. In this episode, I interview TK Pilan, one of the co-founders of Veggie Grill, a healthy fast food chain in the US. Now, this is one of the interviews that I did for my book, Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Some businesses start small and over time they grow and sometimes they grow quite slowly and organically. What's interesting about Veggie Grill is that right from the outset, the owner's vision and plans were to create a chain of restaurants, never just one. So for those of you who are looking to go big, you know right from the beginning that you want to create something quite big, I think you'll find this interview with TK quite enlightening. TK talks about the strategies that he and his co-founders use to establish a chain of 28 restaurants, the importance of location when you're opening local businesses, and how finding the right team was key to Veggie Grill's success. So here's the interview with TK Pilan of Veggie Grill. What are your, what were and are your drivers? Like, what's your why? Why did you start Veggie Grill? Why do you do what you do? Um, we started it um, because uh, we were passionate about uh, three things. Uh, the need for delicious, convenient, healthy food. Um, two, uh, the opportunity to show people how delicious plant-based foods could be uh, and uh, and three uh, because we became big believers in the benefits of uh, of plant-based food right right well so you've got that's the passion that was behind it mm-hmm yep Oh, that's fantastic. Um, in terms of the uh, um, the raw material, so the food and the the ingredients, um, being vegan, um, some business owners say that um, often that they can be more expensive. I don't know if you find that now because you've grown um, now, um, but I just wondered if that was or, or is it a challenge for you now to stay competitive and attract clients? Um, there's still uh, there's special there's still specialty products and. Uh, um, so, uh, to get higher quality, especially products that are 100% plant-based with, uh, uh, and then also meet other, uh, criteria in terms of no high fructose corn syrup, no trans fat, um, it, 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 it definitely costs more. And so, uh, luckily there's a growing, uh, demand for products like this and, one, consumers, based on their awareness, are willing to pay a little bit more for these products. And, uh, and then hopefully, too, with the growing demand for it, the supply will increase and the prices will, or the cost will go down over time. Do you sort of let customers know that so that they, you know, when people have a reason or they know why they're paying a little bit more, or do you find they, that your clients are already those people that are already aware of that and are willing to pay that premium? Uh, it's more the latter. We do our best to, uh, for the people who come in to make, sh- uh, make sure they appreciate the value they're getting, but it's more people just know it. People who are coming in are already seeking out, uh, higher quality, better for you items. 
Right, gotcha, got it. Um, how much? Because I know you're the 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 founder of Veggie Grill. It's been going for a while now. So I'm just curious. I imagine nowadays you probably spend a fair amount of time working on the business, as in growing it, rather than directly in it. Um, what about when you were starting out? Uh, like, what, what at what point did it get to that where you were able to step back a bit and and do that big picture strategizing stuff? Uh, sure. And actually, Bob, before I move on, I wanted to. Just uh, see if you could edit uh, a little bit on my first answer about why we started Veggie Grill. Okay. Um, where I said plant-based, um, we're actually trying to, uh, in our, it's just a minor detail, but in our messaging, we're trying to use the word veggie instead of plant. Veggie. So uh, oh, okay. veggie, veggie-based veggie uh, food instead of plant-based. Right. Cool. Okay. Got that. No worries. So I think I said plant-based twice. If you could put veggie in there, that'd be great. I will, for sure. What I'll do is I'm, I'm going to email you your quotes in context before the book's published anyway, so you can make sure you're 100% happy. So that, that's all good. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, it was just that question about where, uh, at what point did you get, you know, when you first start a business, often, you know, you're doing as much as it is you yep. can, you're very much working in it. At what stage did you get to the point where you could step back and do more of the big picture stuff and working on the business? Uh, sure. I think... Uh, um, it was an evolution, and uh, when we started the first location, it was uh, all about how do we make sure we're delivering exactly what we want to deliver uh, from a restaurant experience standpoint, and then doing everything possible we could do to get people in the door to try the food. So, uh, um, and then I think that basically um, was the plan for. Uh, uh, the first, probably the first uh, five or six, I'd say we took it to seven locations where we were um, continuing to actually execute on the the marketing and like we were hands-on in the marketing and every part of the business. And uh, But once we got to about seven locations, we knew it was time to try and create more of a scalable organization and uh, and restaurant growth plan. And so that's when we uh, looked to bring on some senior people who had been involved with uh, larger scale restaurant chains. And, uh, and that's what we did. And so then we became uh, much less hands-on and much more uh, big picture planning and strategic. I'm amazed that you got you managed to get to seven locations before doing that. That's pretty impressive. And I would say it was right. an evolution. We had some good people on board who helped us uh, run the restaurant side of the business from the very beginning, uh, right. and that that was very helpful. So we did have two very uh, experienced uh, restaurant people, uh, or call them partners, restaurant partners, who helped us. Uh, Get the get the first one up and running and get us up to seven, and then that's when we uh, looked for some for people who had actually grown national restaurant chains who could help us figure out how to go from being a regional chain to being a national chain. When you first started out, did you plan for it to bit to grow like it did? Like you know, some people just go, "I just want to open a cafe, I just want to open a restaurant." But did you already have those big picture plans that you wanted to open chains right from the start, or did you just kind of figure that out as you went along? 
Uh, it was the former. Uh, this was our vision. Uh, we, uh, not having been in the restaurant business before, we weren't uh-huh. here just to start a cafe and, uh, and be in the restaurant business. We were doing it to, because we thought there was an opportunity to really make a big difference in the, in the country and the world. And, uh, the way to do that is by creating a chain, not just, uh, not just one or two. Fantastic, fantastic. What were some of your key challenges when you were first starting up? Uh, the big, there's, uh, we had to learn the details of the restaurant business, but luckily we, like I said, we brought on two, uh, two people, one of our co-founders early on and then one, uh, a director of operations after that that helped fill in the restaurant, uh, detail knowledge. And, uh, then, um, then we, the biggest challenge was getting people into the restaurant, uh, getting them to give veggie based food a try and, once they tried it, it wasn't, you know, that we, we were pretty confident once they tried it, we could get them to come back and that, that worked out. But the biggest challenge early on was just coming up with a plan to get people in the door. And how did you go about doing that beginning? Uh, we decided that we would, it was all about, uh, uh, getting people to try the food and helping people spread the word, uh, because this was such a different type of, uh, food uh, or different type of restaurant that uh, the mainstream health conscious people are looking to attract would be a little, you know, or just people who weren't looking for vegetarian food uh, wouldn't come in based on normal advertising. So we really had to uh, go with a food and mouth approach where we did a lot of sampling events and brought, uh, allowed uh, some of our existing brand advocates to bring the food back to their offices so that they could help spread the word. Okay. Um, so it. yeah, it was all about yeah. uh, grassroots sort of mouth. Smart for sure. What about now, now that you've you've grown you know, exponentially, what are your key challenges nowadays as a successful national business? Yeah, uh, that becomes a little bit more of a what all you know other restaurant chains have to figure out is um, how do you make sure you can consistently deliver uh, on uh, on a national level uh, or multi-regional level, and uh, um, so how do you make sure you can train, hire and train people properly uh, in different regions, and uh, and then how do you uh, make sure as you go to different regions you continue to have a feel for what the right locations are because like, being a again somewhat of a specialized uh, having a specialized or a less mainstream target set, we got to continue to be uh, be selective about uh, our locations. All restaurants need to be, but uh, you, know, you got to really understand who your guests are, where they congregate, and what makes a what what will make a successful location on a consistent basis. Right, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I mean, in terms of your service providers, so you know, getting your raw materials, how much of a challenge, if any, I don't know if you do, maybe not so much. How much of a challenge do you experience in finding service providers that have got similar ethics to you? Um, uh, I think we time, you know, the create the the creation of a veggie grill and the success of a veggie grill uh, happened at the right time. Uh, so the reason I say that is uh, as we were starting up we a lot of good suppliers were starting to emerge that had the same focus on veggie based products and making them delicious and uh 
Um, so, you know, I think the timing was just right. A little, if it was earlier, the, the products and supply chain to support what we were trying to achieve uh, wouldn't have been there. Right. Got it. Okay. Cool. Um, you mentioned that you uh, you got the you train staff. How do you go about? Because um, I know particularly in the the food industry, uh, it can be quite a high turnover of staff. How do you go about finding and keeping experienced and motivated staff, particularly um, on a national um, level? Yeah, well, I think we do have an advantage uh, because of what we do. A lot of people are inherently uh, want to be involved with what we do because they they do feel that we're, we're making a difference. And so a lot of people who are attracted to working at Veggie Grill um, are attracted to what we stand for. So that allows, that that helps us uh, both attract and retain good people. And then uh, beyond that, it's about having good, uh, it's kind of the same that all kind of retail and restaurant chains have to do, which is take care of the people and treat them fairly and compensate them fairly and give them growth opportunities. Uh, but uh, I think first and foremost, our differentiation is we have something people can really feel good about. Right, for sure. Um, now, Veggie Grill has uh, been through and survived the the global financial crisis, and I know that hit America, you know, very very badly. Um, and a lot of other big vegan businesses also survived, which is really cool. Um, why do you think that is, and what specifically did you do from a business perspective to get through that major economic downturn? Uh, well, I think it comes back to having something that's very unique and specialized and meets a, a, a compelling product that met an unmet need. So we weren't a commodity. We were uh, something that was special. And, um, and so uh, we, we were less affected than other businesses that uh, were more just a commodity and people were willing to jump to the lowest provider. Right, that's interesting. That's good to hear that. Um, and in terms of competition, so I mean, now that I mean, I so I was in LA for the first time two years ago, and I was blown away by the amount of amazing vegan uh, food available. You're way ahead of us here in Sydney. Um, so, how do you go about standing apart from other uh, vegan uh, restaurants? Um, uh, I would agree with you, uh, LA. From what I've seen, especially across the country, has what I, I would uh, arguably and maybe biasedly say has the best vegan scene in the country. Or plant veggie. <laughs> okay, again, let me say veggie. We're trying to say veggie with everything. So it has the best uh, veggie scene in the country. Um, and uh, um, so, uh, but we're still different. I mean, we our menu is different, and like we're quick, we're fast, casual. Uh, more limited menu. I mean, we do have a pretty broad menu, but uh, they're sit-down, uh, kind of full-service restaurants, and uh, uh, there's a, you can find dining restaurants. And then, uh, so in terms of what we do, it's still, and we don't really consider the other veggie restaurants our competition. We 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 like to cheer for everybody. Uh, it's more about getting people, the general health conscious people within our trade areas. When I say trade areas, that's our, you know, usually within a three mile radius of any of our restaurants, getting them to really try veggie food and see how great it is. So I guess for, yes. for, for, you know, for somebody, for tourists like you, yes, there's a lot of choices, but 
you know, within a three mile radius of any of our restaurants, it's still, right. we're not really competing with the other veggie restaurants or competing with the, uh, more of the mainstream restaurants. Great. No, that's good to hear. I, I wouldn't say you had a limited menu at all. It took me ages to decide what I wanted because there was just so many wonderful things to have. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah I, think, I think you're right. I think, I think that is something we, we, we've evolved on. When we first started, our menu was not quite as extensive as it is now. Now there's quite a few. Oh. Now there's, yeah, I think, yeah. something for everybody. Absolutely. My jaw dropped. I was with my friend. I don't know if you know her, Karen Dawn. She's quite a well-known animal advocate. And she took me there and we were sent it. And my jaw literally dropped. I'm like, what, everything's vegan? I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to have? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kudos to you for doing that. That's brilliant. Um, and I, I guess touching on that, we're talking about competition. And, uh, and a lot of the marketing gurus nowadays are actually saying that businesses should actually stop even thinking about having competitors and instead embrace them as collaborators with whom to maybe do joint ventures. Is that something? Thing that that uh, resonates with you? Um, well, we our collaborators are our suppliers, um, and so anybody focused on the veggie space uh, from a food product standpoint is a potential collaborator. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, we 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 support and uh, uh, recommend other veggie-based restaurants around town because you know, they offer slightly different things than we do. So um, I think, again, because we all stand for similar things, it's easy to do that. Uh, but there is, you know, there. I think you can't, you know, there's certainly a, a line there, right? If, uh, if we're across the street from another veggie restaurant, we're not going to collaborate with them because uh, unless they're a totally different experience, if they're fine dining, sit down, then it will be different. But if another fast, casual, veggie-based restaurant open across the street, then it would be competition. But uh, at the same time, that would show how far the veggie market has come. True. Yes, absolutely. I like that. So just moving on to mindset, a lot of business, and you've obviously been in business uh, you know, for quite some time now, many business owners say that running and owning a business is the fastest and effective form of personal development because it forces you to grow as a person. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts on that are and what qualities that do you believe are essential to staying the course and running a successful uh, vegan or veggie business? Um, you certainly... When you uh, are responsible for starting and running a business from the ground up, uh, you need to uh, tap into a lot of different skill sets. Uh, and so uh, it's not for everybody. It's for people who are, one, passionate, and two, uh, committed, uh, three, I think confident in their own skills and abilities uh, for willing to figure things out. They don't know, you know, uh, five able to bring on the resources that uh, uh, they need to bring on to help them figure things out. Um, so, and it's constantly changing because as your business goes through different stages, you have to start developing different skill sets. So it's almost, you know, when you're, those early stages, you are the, you're the, to use a sports analogy, you're the, uh, you're the all-star player, you know, jumping around, making the shots. And as you grow to a different stage, you got to become uh, more of a coach. Uh, and then 
even more of a manager and an owner. So you got to, yeah, there's certainly a lot of different stages you have to be ready for and uh, be, able, be able to go through. And I can imagine as well running your well, running your own business. I, I know for fact it can be quite stressful at times. You know, everything. You know, sometimes there's you know you're putting out fires here and there. Not not literally, hopefully, but um, you know what I mean. There's there's lots lots going on. I'm curious, what sort of uh, techniques or strategies or things do you use um, to ensure that you've got a strong sort of mental and emotional well-being as a business owner? So whether that's coaching, self-help courses, meditation, reading books. Yeah, I think well, I mean everybody has their own thing, but I. Certainly, uh, make sure I take care of myself personally from a exercise and meditation standpoint. I, I try to do some form of exercise and meditation every day because uh, the stress of business will always be there. So it's a matter of how that stress affects you and how you're able to manage it. And so you've got to take care of yourself first and not let the you know to the point you know so that the stress doesn't get the better of you. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's kind of my philosophy. For sure. How important do you think it is for business owners to invest in sort of some kind of mindset or personal development training? Um, well, I, I personally always enjoy developing myself, and I do read a lot of books, and uh, that's been uh, beneficial to me because when I read different books and kind of gives me different frameworks to continue to apply to daily situations. Uh, so I think, uh, I don't know if it's just, I wouldn't say it's just for running your own business. I think for everybody, the more you can learn and adapt, <laughs> the better. It's true. It's very true. What have been the key lessons in summary that you've learned through through running Betty Grill? Key lessons. Um, yeah. So they could be personal, maybe things you've learned about yourself or, or professional or a bit of both. Um. Let's see, I'm trying to see if I can uh, uh, bubble it up to one or two key key points. Um, I, I think uh, you've got to surround yourself with people who have the same purpose and values uh, and complementary skill sets that I think is has been the biggest key to our success at veggie grill and to do what we we've done is we're able to bring on right people at the right time with the right skill sets but also a shared purpose and a common set of values Nice, nice. I like that. That actually leads nicely onto the next question, which is around um, what kind of expert help have you used? And it sounds like you've, you've used quite a bit over the years. You mentioned you had consultants that were already in the restaurant business. What about things like business coaching, marketing, publicity? Have you sort of hired any experts in that area? And if so, how how was that for you? Sure. sure. So, so those early people, they were actually uh, you know restaurant partners. They came in and they became part of Edgy Grill, so they weren't consultants. Oh, okay, good. Um, and uh, uh, I called them partners because they really helped us from the ground up. One of them was a co-founder, our number three. You know, Kevin and I started the business. We brought on Ray early on. Uh, he was basically he was our third co-founder, and then we brought on a fourth person uh, who became our director of operations. 
John. And so between Ray and John, they brought a lot of restaurant experience that allowed Kevin and I to focus on the the consumer experience and, and the marketing and the business side of the equation. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so just to clarify. Um, but now, so, uh, yeah, we, 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 uh, you know, we basically PR firm publicity. We didn't bring on any business coaches. I mean, I, we did bring on a board of advisors, which was very helpful. I think maybe that's what the best coaching we got is we brought on, we put together a board of advisors with, uh, initially three experienced restaurateurs, uh, who had a lot of knowledge in the business and we had known, uh, from different area, you know, different, uh, 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 we'd gotten to know different ways and we, we approached them, each of them individually and asked them to be on our board of advisors who we then treated as kind of a, as a formal board, even though they did not have only, uh, they weren't, we weren't, we weren't, uh, we didn't have to report to them, but we, we did create, uh, formal board of advisors meetings where we, we would prepare a, a status on the business and provide a detailed everything was going, that was going on. And, and they gave us great, uh, great advice based on their years of experience. So that, I think that was the best form of coaching that we had. Oh, it sounds like it. So what I'm hearing, it's very much, Veggie goes very much been about a kind of a joint ventures. Like you, from the beginning that, you know, you've had the co-founders and then brought more people on. I think that's interesting how you've made that work. Cause I know sometimes with partnerships or, you know, several people doing something, things can go wrong. So I'm curious, what's your secret of <laughs> maintaining that, um, I guess rapport and, uh, with, with so many people involved? Um, uh, I guess again, you gotta, Make sure you define your purpose and values up front, uh, and that way you can share them with anybody you are considering uh, bringing on board. And one, share and make sure they they understand and and are on board with it. And two, so you can also evaluate uh, whether they do fit in with what you're what you're about. So I think that's uh, yeah, that's the most important thing to have a. Uh, a very clearly defined purpose and a set of values that then you make sure you, you, anybody you consider working with or bringing on board, uh, uh, knows that they're accountable to that. Got it. And are you a big fan of contracts and having everything in writing? Um, yeah, I think it all depends what it is. Uh-huh. So certainly the more you can define up front, the better. Right, got it, got it. Um, what are some of the, um, what, for those who aspire to running a, a vegan or a veggie-based business, what, in your opinion, are the key things they need to take into account before making that jump from employed to self-employed and running their own business? Uh, I think uh, one of the things we, you've got to do a lot of market testing, I think. Uh, you got to make sure your product does have a broad enough appeal to make your business work. Uh, so I think because at the end of the day, it is a business and you've got to be able to uh, get, have an attractive product that meets a need to, uh, uh, you know, a large enough set of people. Right. Uh, so I know there's, there's probably some veggie based companies that maybe 80 to 90% of their, uh, their, customers are veggie and they probably have a niche enough 
uh, product that meets a unique need that they can get, you know, they can serve all of the veggie-based people out there. But, um, you know, the veggie group itself is, is very is small compared to the rest of the country. And so depending on what you're trying to sell and how, like, for example, for our restaurant, um, you know, the number of uh, veggie, pure veg, uh, veggie eaters within any of our trade areas would not be big enough to support our business, right? So if you, if you've got a mail order business that can, uh, you know, serve the whole country, then maybe the pure veg market is big enough for you. But if you're like, like us, where you're doing a retail business, uh, it's based on your location, you've got to make sure you test your product and that it's going to have appeal to, uh, to those that aren't just purely, you know, aren't, aren't the, are kind of, I guess, the non-veggie focused people out there. So, Got it. Yeah, that makes, yeah, absolutely. I think it's really, really good advice. Thank you for that. And I guess that in terms of, um, funding one's business, um, as well, what, what, what thoughts do you have on that? I don't know if you can share how you went about in the beginning with Veggie Grill, just kind of getting that off the ground. Um, yeah, with any startup business, unless you've got, you know, if you, unless you have a track record, uh, of success in that area, uh, you're most likely going to have to fund it yourself or with friends and family who believe in you. Um, uh, so that's, we started with ourselves. Kevin and I fund, uh, funded Veggie Grill when we first started. And once we, uh, had the first one up and running and it was successful, then we brought on, uh, some friends and family, uh, investors or more, I guess call us, they're all friends and family. So, brought on uh, friends as investors because they believed in us and could see how that we had something that worked. Um, so, you know, for any startup, uh, you've got to kind of, you usually have to bootstrap early on unless you, and then once you, and figure out how do you get to the point that you've got a proven product or service, how do you get to that point with as little capital as possible? Uh, and then once you do that and you have something that's proven, then you can raise money from outside sources. Got it. That's really good advice. Thank you. Just in terms of the word vegan in your marketing materials, because I know you're now using veggie. So I'm, I'm just curious, you know, there's two schools of thought around that in that, you know, the word vegan itself is, is limiting. So it scares some people away or it's clever niche marketing. So I'm curious now that you're particularly using the word veggie, um, what the, the thoughts are behind that. Yeah, I think it's all depends on who you're, who you're trying to, who your primary market is. Or your, so if you're, if you feel that you, your primary, if you've got a, a vegan niche product that's geared towards vegans, uh, then you should use the, the word vegan and market that. But if you've, you're trying to create a mainstream product that appeals to both vegans and non-vegans, then you've got to be very, you've got to be more judicious because when you put vegan, I think it may be changing now, but if you put the word vegan on there, in a way you're saying this is for vegans. Right. Okay. Okay. 
Interesting one. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I've had so many different reactions to that question, so it's really good to hear those those different uh, viewpoints. Um, Tika, do you use media as part of your PR strategy? I mean, I know you've obviously been featured in the media. Is it something that you've gone after yourself and chased after, or have the media kind of come to you as you've naturally grown and become successful? Uh, well, early on, we used a PR firm. So we had such a unique story that uh, PR made sense for us, and uh, they were able to get us some decent uh, media exposure because uh, because of the fact that we were creating such delicious food without the use of uh, any animal products. And that, that was a pretty unique, uh, and still is. So, um, you know, so that, that worked for us. And, you know, so that, that, that is an opportunity for veggie focused businesses is because they are unique and part of a growing movement and have a lot of benefits to, people on the planet uh that uh, the media is uh, there the media like, p- people like the story and want to profile it for sure and do you still um either hire a pr firm or do you still proactively seek out media or do you just kind of have the media coming to you now yeah we work with uh, we still work with a pr firm oh you do okay right Cool. What other current marketing strategies do you use? I know you said in the beginning it was very much about sampling and, and tasting the food. Is that still the case, or are there? Or what are your other marketing strategies that are? Yeah, successful? yeah, that's that's still primarily the case. We do try and do a lot of social media because that is a another word of mouth platform. Uh, so we try to make sure we're very active on Facebook and and Twitter. Um, and, you find uh, those Facebook and Twitter. You find those the most successful social media. Um, yeah, I guess Instagram's growing a lot now, so oh, that's another yeah. one. Um, okay. And uh, but they really are word of mouth amplifiers, and the only way to create good word of mouth is to make sure you you continue to create provide a compelling product or a compelling experience, and so. The number one form of marketing is to make sure we're delivering uh, to everybody who comes in the restaurant so that they become uh, word of mouth advocates. And and then uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook are just ways to amplify word of mouth. But if it's not positive to start with, it's not going to be helpful. That's a really good point. Just on Facebook, you know how the Facebook has changed its algorithm so only a, a very small percentage of fans see your posts. I mean, have you found that that's limited your effectiveness or the way you use Facebook, like unless you pay to boost a post? Yeah, I can't uh, I can't tell you specifically because I know uh, our VP of marketing, we work with Facebook, we've changed our strategy, I think, based on what Facebook has done. We do sometimes pay for booths and we we get good results but I can't uh okay, cool. I can't yeah, speak fair. to the details. That's fine. Final two questions. Um I don't know if you know the answers to these, but um how do you in terms of like sending a newsletter out and actually touching base with your customers via email, um do you use a particular or what particular customer relationship management system do you use? Like whether it's Infusion Soft or Salesim, etc. Yeah, you know, we we've gone through a few different uh, versions, and so I think uh, uh, it's probably better off that I don't share that because it may not, you know, may continue to change. Awesome, cool. Um, but, and, uh, just but, and I would just say there's just there's plenty out there, so I think it's just right. about going out there and doing your due diligence and figuring out which ones uh, meet your needs. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm just figuring out which ones are kind of coming up quite a lot and, and are popular. Yeah, for sure. And just then, the final question, what other technology tools or apps do you find most useful or essential in the course of running the business? Uh, well, we just uh, created, created our own app. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, where oh. you can uh, oh. actually order. You can do your own, own online ordering, get loyalty okay. points. And uh, so that's been great for us because, one, it oh. makes our 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 guests life easier in terms of they've got their favorites already set up in their uh in their app and so they can just get their order in quickly without uh, uh making a phone call and um and then secondly they can get uh loyalty points and uh so yes yeah, so yeah. the world of mobile media continues to grow and apps i uh, think are uh, have been our best way of capitalizing on that so that was tk pilan one of the founders of veggie grill and you can find out more about Veggie Grill, including a list of their locations, at veggiegrill.com. And as usual, that link can be found on the show notes at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts. And now for a roundup of vegan business news. What's believed to be the first avocado ice cream has launched in nine states across the Midwest in the US, reports Veg News magazine. The ice cream is made from cold-pressed avocados. Now, I find that a little bit weird. I mean, I, I quite like avocados, but I only generally have them with a salad and I like to have salt and pepper on them. I don't like to eat them just naked or well, eat the avocado naked, not me being naked while I'm eating them. I'm sure you get what I mean. Uh, but I, I do know that avocados are used quite a lot in desserts and that they can make things quite creamy. So this is quite an interesting innovation. And Kado Desserts is the name of the brand if you want to check that out. Kado is spelt C-A-D-O. Now, vegan cheeses have come on leaps and bounds since I went vegan 20 years ago. I remember going to Sainsbury's because I'm from the UK originally and I'd go and do my weekly shop. And I remember buying various brands of vegan cheese and hoping that they would be really tasty. And nine times out of 10, they weren't. They were horrible. They tasted like rubber. Not anymore. I'm pleased to report. Now we've got vegan cheese shops popping up. No, so not just vegan cheeses, but we've actually got dedicated vegan cheese shops. Los Angeles has Vromage and just this month Riverdale opened in Brooklyn in New York. It sells its own creations as well as a range of nut-based cheeses, condiments, bread and sandwiches. So I'll certainly be checking that out next time I'm in New York. That's Riverdale. The UK's Telegraph newspaper ran a report on the growing trend for breweries catering for what it calls clean living punters and included in, in that is vegans. Now the piece uses the hook of the announcement by Guinness last year that they were going vegan by eliminating the use of icing glass which is fish bladders in its processing. You may have seen that in the headlines uh, last year because it got massive press. Now the Telegraph article showcases breweries that have been vegan from the get-go and just as a bit of a PR tip for you this is a really great way to get media coverage for your brand by tying it into a story that's already been in the media. So Guinness made the announcement they got lots of press because they decided to go vegan. But you could come in with your brand and say, look, that's great. But hey, we've been vegan all along and this is why. So that's a really great way of getting media coverage. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Bye for now.